everybody and welcome to saturday night rewind i am here with randall mcdonald and i'm here with brian paradise hey we're here to talk about season 46 episode 11 of saturday night live featuring dan levy and phoebe bridgers so what do you think about this episode uh i liked it i liked it uh i thought it was better than last week's uh they kind of uh got the rust off of them and i feel like they're they're almost there they're almost uh the cast is almost at their full potential i think yeah what i like there were any kind of clunkers of, of sketches i really enjoyed everything and i think dan um we were kind of assuming this was going to be a pretty game performer and then maybe some more sophisticated writing and i think that we saw that throughout the episode i just had a, i had a really good time throughout yeah 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 there are there are a couple really good sketches and uh yeah i had a lot of fun yeah and uh so i'm not sure if we talked about this last week but have you watched uh schitt's creek i've, I've only seen a few episodes so i, I have not but I have so many friends and performer friends who have been like, this is a show that you need to watch. And I was like, oh, okay. But I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, we caught, uh, we kind of caught on to the bandwagon last year watching it on Netflix. And then uh, I think the, the finale was on Pop TV or wherever it airs in the States, I don't know, six to nine months before it showed up on Netflix. So like I saw that that had happened and then didn't watch it until much later. Okay. For the final season. And then, um, you know, like he mentions later in the, in the monologue that it just like won all of the Emmys, every principal yeah. cast member writing best show. And like, it really does deserve it. It's just, it reminds me of a show like um, Parks and Recreation, where it is just about you Rudy, really rooting for the people on the show. Mm, yeah. I got to get around and watch it. Cause, uh, and, and it seemed like in his, uh, in, Dan's monologue he even mentioned like finally people started watching my show and I was like ah, that's, he's talking to me <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I've been doing it for six years and really caught traction in the last like two yeah that's awesome and good for them yeah so I, I was kind of primed to have a good time and I think think I did so the episode started with a Super Bowl pregame cold open this really felt like they had five ideas and they're like we'll just make them all work in this one construction yeah, and it and it kind of worked. I I again like that it wasn't uh, a political a cold open where they just say the exact things that happened and whatever. And and they again like last week, it was a way to bring in all the different things that were happening in the world, uh, but in a coherent sketch. Yeah, I agree that it it felt like uh, so it was uh, Super Bowl pregame. They had Keenan, Chris, Mikey, Alex, and Beck all playing real people that are part of the CBS crew. So Boomer Esiason and Bill Cower and, and um, the other James Brown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so some of the things that they talked about were uh, that it was going to be covered on other networks, including Bravo, where the Super Bowl was being billed as old hag versus young slut, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, um, that was They talked about, uh, they had like a, they they made the 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 Super Bowl and they refer to it as four hours of television for eleven minutes of action, which feels really true. Yeah, that's every football game. Well, right, yeah. And here in the Paradise household, we like sports fine, but we're not. You know, football is probably the lowest on our on our list. And it is because of that that like the amount of football that is played during a football game 
is very yeah. little compared to the time it takes to watch that football game. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, how you I like li- it. Yeah. And I like baseball, but even when it looks like nothing is happening, baseball is happening the whole time. Right. Like, right. Like There's if, no if pauses. A, if a pitcher is holding the ball in like analyzing the mound and like the, the, the base runners, that is baseball. It is not just like, well, we need to talk to somebody about something and eventually we'll play some football. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they uh, talked about that there was only 700 cases during the season, which, you know, uh, the NFL kind of did the worst job with COVID mitigation throughout the season. They had to reschedule games. They lost people, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right after the NBA had just done the bubble and it was like a really good, big success. And then the NFL <laughs> just yeah, dropped the like, ball. Nah, we nah, we won't do that. Yeah. Um, and then they also talked about different kind of commercials where there was going to be kind of a both sides kind of approach to the, uh, the, they had the fake Cheez-Its ad that was in support of Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and then they had uh, the Papa John's kind of QAnon stuff, which is like a nice, nice like combination of like, the actual Papa John guy is an idiot. And right. QAnon was one of those people that believed in that, like that pizza gate sex cult thing. So it was like a nice kind right. of combination of thoughts. Right. Oh, so funny. But my favorite part of this sketch was AD Bryan at the end. Yes. Playing both the coaches, Andy Reid and Bruce Arians. <laughs> and yeah. the game that her and uh, Chris Red kind of played where he was like, I want to go back to Andy Reid. Just yeah. real quick. <laughs> She's like, are you sure mm-hmm. just, yeah, just ask your question real slowly i would love like i wish that they would release like the 30 seconds of what was happening off camera yeah to get her from andy reed to uh arians and back again i'd love to see what they were doing yeah 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 that'd be great i mean the game i, I mean just that that could have been the whole sketch and i would have been very happy about that because like yeah. you said there, it was like six sketches in one if they would have focused on each one individually you that could have been the whole show yeah <laughs> so uh yeah like kind of a kind of hodgepodge of ideas but it was fine it kind of like like you said like last week where kate was just like let's dump a bunch of ideas all right at the beginning of the episode. This was that as well. I yeah. suspect that next week with the uh, second impeachment starting tomorrow, that'll be the, what we're talking about. Yep. And so we had Dan with the, the monologue. Uh, goodness. I l- like him so much. <laughs> he's just a natural, you know, and, it, and uh, he's so much, I mean, there's so many similarities between him and his dad, I think. And it was awesome that he showed up. Yeah, yeah. So they did one of the tropes of let's take a tour backstage. Yeah. And they had uh, 80 as like a COVID compliance officer, which apparently I have a friend who's a filmmaker in uh, LA, shouts to David Levine. He uh, apparently that's something that like is a job now. So you can like Hmm. get trained to be on um, kind of SAG AFTRA slash IATSE filming sets and uh be the covid compliance person so like as filmmakers and and folks have had less opportunity to work this is like another thing that they just started doing like you do this this course and then you can get hired on sets as a covid compliance officer hey well i want that job right yeah so it's something that is real so ad was there kind of um they made a game of the uh the pool noodle thing about being yeah. six feet away and stuff. And then 
they did uh, another one of our little uh, Easter egg things that they do when they go backstage is they had in the back of the frame when went backstage with uh, Keenan is they had the showgirls. Yeah, yeah. And they were in like the, the bubble thing. So that's like something that typically if you go backstage, there's showgirls or Abraham Lincoln or a llama or all of them. Uh, but I like that that's a, they kept that and then made that part of the joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was that was also uh, I loved Keenan's line when he was leaving. Just, yeah, thanks so much. You too. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they clearly didn't understand what he was saying. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I really do appreciate how um, thankful he was to be there and uh, how much he liked the show. And then we get this, you know, the great cameo with uh, Eugene Levy, you know, uh, characteristically underplayed of him just in that plexiglass box. Yep. Yep. I also like that he said, can you turn my box around so I can see the stage? It's a clear box. You could just turn around inside of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess so. Part of the 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 um, the the promotion was they had like a clip of Eugene Levy on SNL, and when they were promoting this, which was like uh, really cool. And I kind of oh, forgotten cool. that Eugene Levy was ever on the show. Yeah, I remember he did he did SCTV. I yes. remember he did, he was a part of that. But yeah, I didn't realize that he did the show as well. Yeah, so I guess he must have been there uh, very briefly, but it was cool to, that, that they uh, brought up, like, no, because they're kind of like a package deal in most people's minds. We think of the, those two uh, together. So it was really nice to, that he was there and just sweet and supportive. And Yeah. Uh, mm. Eugene Levy. God, he's so good. The Canadians. Yeah. What are you we need do? more of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need more... Uh, Canadian transplants. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to look and see when he was a. Uh... Oh, on SNL. Yeah, because they they were using this clip of like SNL, and it was it was Eugene Levy and somebody. So maybe it was just like a like a cameo or something where he wasn't a cast member that he was just like as um, himself on the show. Because that is what I am. Yeah, so he yeah. Uh, was there in an episode back in 1985. So that would have been like the weird non-Lorne years. Okay. I feel much better now. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was doing some speed Googling as we were talking. But yeah, so it, uh, it was fine. Little kind of, uh, he got to talk, do a little bit of a proper monologue of him talking about things that were good and bad. Um, during COVID and then got to do the tour, ended with Eugene and him kind of talking about it. it was great. Yeah, just a good, good monologue. And one hell of a suit too. Yeah, yeah, he was really, really wearing that suit. Yeah. <laughs> so the first uh, sketch of the night was the Universal Studios uh, tram tour with uh, Mikey as the host, Ego as the driver and Dan uh, as a trainee. What'd you think of this one? I... It was good. I think uh, it went a little bit too long, just in my opinion, but it was fun. I mean, it ended, I, I was wondering how they're going to get out of this one. And it just ended with Keenan straight to the camera. And I was like, that's how you end it. That's how you yeah. got to get out of this one. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a fun sketch. Uh, just uh, Dan is the, the kind of 
tour guide trainee and he keeps going on these tangents during the tour about inappropriate sex stuff or drug related things and he just can't stop telling these stories yeah i i liked the the way that they got you in into it uh, other thing that I thought was interesting it felt like there was like a lot of product placement in this episode or at least actual yeah. licenses being used so like they're using a lot of the the music throughout throughout the tram tour and they're um they're the kind of stuff that's on the green screen is the back lot like yeah it is they, the tour yeah they had like the town square from from back to the future and so that is at least some footage of the actual back lot at universal so i thought that was like so i'm really curious about like who's paying for what and how how, the, how that all that happened yeah but yeah i like the way that they got into it because they started with the thing that you know you you've heard more than once which is the the why is doc brown hanging out with a teenager Right, right. Yeah. And then the, this extra theory where basically he was going back in time to like stop it or whatever. Uh, and then it just gets uh, more, uh, more kind of out there and stuff talking about E.T. looking like a ball sack. And then uh, the, the idea of a softener. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Newman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I thought that Keenan is a great person to react to your stuff. So he, he was good. And, uh, Andy, who was also, I, I liked, uh, that just kind of, they let him just kind of be a prop for most of it. And then it kind of paid off pretty well at the end where he was from a Christian school. And then he wanted to know if he had to share his softener. Yeah. I wanted to hear his softener, <laughs> but they didn't give it to us. No. <laughs> and then, uh, Bo and Yang came towards the end as Guru, who apparently left, uh, Dan's character for all of his coke friends. Yeah, yeah. That and then uh, and then yeah, it ended with uh, Keenan. I forget what he said, but there was some line straight to the camera. Yeah, and that feels like that is a good a way to do it if you have no other way out of that sketch, which they like. Yeah, didn't. what are they gonna do when he leaves? <laughs> I know. How are they end yeah. Sketches? Well, as you're watching the episode, you're they're getting promo promos for his show. With Chris right. Red um, and the guy from Miami Vice, whose name is eluding me. Anyway, uh, that guy, yeah, Don Johnson. There it is. So they, uh, yeah. So it's like he's in so many sketches as like a way of making them work, and yeah. he's not going to be around forever. This might be his last season. Who knows? <sighs> so then we get a film sketch, and like I felt so seen as a guy in his mid thirties uh at, with the uh zillow sex kind of hotline thing yeah yeah this one was freaking funny it's well it's funny and like super true there's like this <laughs> dumb thing that happens when you become a homeowner that you care a lot about like home values and like what everybody else is selling their house for and there's like things on the market or like oh i'll like travel somewhere and you know we'll just like look at the surrounding houses and be like i wonder how much it would cost to live there and i they talk about how you know that idea of you fantasize just like oh i wonder what it would be like if we lived in oregon like what could we yeah. buy and whatever and i really liked uh that so this included dan and mikey and ego and heidi and alex and bowen all as you know, this with this kind of style of like a sex hotline, like a 90 style 900 number. Um, yeah. Which, oh God, it was so good. It was so funny. 
It was it was very good, and I'm not even a homeowner, and I could uh, I thought that this was a very well uh, a well executed sketch. Yeah, I yeah, was and, laughing pretty hard, and I liked that they had uh, Bowen and Dan as a couple. Yeah, just as a part yeah. of the mix. Yeah. Uh, and then I also really liked the way that they kind of closed it out at the end where like Cecily as an actual real estate agent pouring cold water on the whole thing of like the, the reality <laughs> of buying a house actually sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You don't actually want to call them. No, but like, seriously, we have a house that's for sale in this neighborhood and we've like looked at the pictures and like looked when oh, it got yeah. sold. Like it is exactly. Yeah. It was so hot. Um, but yeah, it just felt like uh, as this is absolutely something that happens. Hell yeah. Uh, and then after this, we came out of the, the film sketch with a, a Super Bowl party. Yeah, I like this one. This one was I, funny. I like this one a lot too. Talk to me about this one. So the, the premise is like these people are all getting together and they're, they start off all wearing masks for this Super Bowl party. And as... Uh, they're talking to each other about how good they've been and how uh, they think that maybe they can take off their mask. And then they start talking about how they've been good by staying quarantined and not going anywhere except to the grocery store and to the gym. And then I'm only doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it just escalates. The sketch escalates to the point where they're all, I think, using their hands to eat a bowl of chili and then realizing that they can't taste or smell. <laughs> and they've yeah. all got it. Yeah, I liked well, in the refrain that they keep coming with. So this is um, Beck, Chris, Heidi, uh, Dan, and Kyle, all at the Super Bowl party. Um, and the refrain they keep on coming back to is, we're doing everything right. We've been doing, we're fine. We've been doing everything right. And then you, right. The, that, that paired with, you know, there, he's got like a wrestling club that Beck is going to, I think. And then yeah. um, Kyle is having raw dog sex with strangers in the park. Right. Um, and then the Dan has gotten the vaccine, but has not had it injected into his body. I thought that was really yeah. nice. Like, Play on words and he takes it right he yeah. takes it everywhere i take it everywhere i go yeah and then it escalates to, to beck is just a mouth masseuse <laughs> yeah and it's like oh we don't you're not kissing anybody he's like no no just before and at the end and then something yeah funny. it's a great it's it's a great again uh comment on i guess our society right now because there are a lot of people who think that they are doing the right thing and they're so judgmental of other people. And then they're doing similar things just in a different way. Yeah. but And that's why I, I really liked the we're doing everything right as as the common thing that I kept coming back to. Because I think that, you know, uh, people have a capacity of, of um, rationalizing just about anything. Right. Right. And if you and they talked about the pod, it was like, oh, just me and my family and my brother and my grandma and her nursing home. And those things where it's like you you can kind of rationalize or minimize whatever and then you do enough of that and then you end up at a super bowl party where you're eating chili by hand and then you realize that everybody has covid yeah yeah but you and did then, everything right yeah did everything right and then uh, i liked the way that it ended with um kate as anthony fauci yeah yeah that was perfect and bowen as Cy, because apparently he's having a moment again 
didn't I didn't know. I didn't get that, but I was like, I'm I'm there for it. Yeah, I think he did like a COVID song. Oh, he did. Okay. So uh it's like we we thought we thought we were done with Psy uh and apparently came back into our lives. All so, right. so well, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, so Oh, it's with a Y. I was like, why can't I see this? It's because it's it's not PSI, it's PSY. Uh, but yeah, so apparently he's he's back. Yes. So, so good for him. Um, and that, so I really like that one. I liked Kate coming back and basically going like, this is not what you do. Be smart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I So the next one was probably my uh, least favorite sketch of the night. This was the uh, lifting our voices sketch with the the kind of problematic white allies. Oh, uh, so this is the one that was hosted by Keenan, uh, and they highlighted kind of various black people and their white allies. So this was um, Punky with eighty as the math teacher that was teaching Black history. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one wasn't wasn't. I thought that this one was kind of the dud of the night um, as well. Like, I think there's plenty to be said about what it is to be like a white savior and, you know, kind of poking holes at that. Like, that is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But this one, I think an execution just wasn't as strong. So they had Punky and 80 paired up where Punky was a student of 80 when she was a kid and 80 would teach like super um, obvious black history stuff in her math class. <laughs> to a to punky who was the only black student in this class um and then there's also an illusion of like her dressing up as like a civil rights pioneer which means she was doing some kind of blackface um <laughs> and then they had a uh, chris and dan levy where like they are kind of common protesters going to things um and then dan kind of maybe too making too much of a meal of it yeah and, yeah and I, I really like the line where you know he was like i got so mad i threw a brick right into that Wendy's and then uh, I stood strong as they walked right up and took my friend to jail <laughs> yeah that's the kind of heroes that we need yeah and then the last one was Ego and Kyle uh, where Kyle kind of it seems to be fetishizing uh, black women and yeah. uh, the Ego kind of uh, explains it through him being very wealthy yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I it's one of those sketches again I think it's good on on uh, maybe on paper and then and, and all that but i think as you're executing it you're like oh okay okay like i don't know there wasn't much to go from there you know it's hard to escalate that sketch exactly right so you know keenan can just respond mm-hmm. um which is basically what he does throughout but there's no uh oh this one is worse than that one which is which is worse than that one they were all just kind of like different yeah. And I think it took a fair amount of time to kind of explain each premise. And then they had to do whatever they're going to do and then get out of it. That it's just doing that three times. Uh, it just couldn't get to the jokes fast enough. And I also don't think that, I mean, the different profiles of like white saviorness were interesting, but like, meh. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then 
after this is what we got our first so we got our musical guest we'll talk about both of the performances so phoebe bridgers i uh, uh did what i said i was going to do and did not consume any of her content beforehand she was really interesting i liked her i liked i liked her a lot she was surprising like she had this like sweetness to her and then that one song where she was like screaming and then she started smashing her guitar i was like oh wow this is yeah. a totally different person yeah, it was interesting. Like, uh, it seems to basically be kind of like singer songwriter style music, but with a kind of full rock band kind of kind of dressing. And mm -hmm. I thought she was really compelling. It was interesting. I listened to some of her music um, streaming afterwards, and it wasn't as interesting as when I was looking at her doing it. I think there's something mm. about her in performance with that music versus because when you, for at least for me. When I was listening to it later, it just sounded like um, poppy songwriter music. Okay. So, yeah, I liked both of her performances. I liked kind of like the aesthetic of her band wearing the the skeleton kind of pajama thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny. So I did a little bit of kind of Twitter research after this. And apparently there were some people that were getting all over her about smashing her guitar, which is just... Wait, they were, they were mad at her for doing Apparently. it? Apparently. People are dumb. So, um, Why? But it was, I don't know. Well, because normally, like, if you if your shtick is that you're going to smash a guitar, you're not doing that to a valuable one. Like, you buy something crappy to destroy it. Like, there are bands mm -hmm. that, like, that they do that every show. So, like, go to a pawn shop and buy, like, a $100 guitar to break. Yeah. Uh, and this one, apparently, I saw some tweet where it's like, so... Uh, in the first song, she was playing a BC Rich guitar. In the second one, she was playing a Dan Electro brand guitar. And apparently she had like gotten permission from them to, oh. to smash it. So apparently that they knew what was going to happen. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so. I liked, I liked her violin and her trumpet section too. Yeah. Like she utilized those in, in, the, in like they were like off putting, but like interesting. I don't know. Like the sounds that they made at like the certain at the time in the songs, I was like, Whoa, like that sounds different to me, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, these are her tunes could have been very just as easily been a, a solo person with an acoustic guitar, but the way that they were arranged into these kind of pretty interesting arrangements with the horns, I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Okay. So we get to update they get through their kind of political stuff at the top of one of my favorite lines. Uh, they did like a whole thing about Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, that person can, there's not enough to say about her uh, that is deserved. Uh, yeah, I didn't things, know she existed and now I know too much about her. Right, yeah, we were all, <laughs> we were all better six weeks ago uh, yeah. when we didn't know who she was. Uh, that uh, they talked, they described her as conspiracy, uh, a conspiracy huffer. Uh, they also described her as uh, uh, she, she looked like a mugshot of a former child star. Which she does. Which is like very accurate. Yeah. Uh, I also, one of my, also my favorite lines it, they had when they were introducing uh, Trump, they described him as former influencer. Former, former online influencer. Media influencer. That was a great line. That was yeah. killer. He got a big applause break for that. Mm -hmm. No, that is... Uh, 
I, I think when they try to describe him as a businessman or a reality show host, eh, you know, what one is a product of the other. But I re- but the idea of him being a social media influencer and a former one at that was like, mm, yes, thank yeah, you. yeah, very funny. Yeah. So uh, one of the other things I, I saw from here, uh, they had to deal with Morgan Wallen. Yeah. Yeah. Which was that, that happened. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they talked about his, his uh, use of the N word and how it's affected him in his career. Uh, and then they uh, cut to a picture of Jost and, and Wallen together when Wallen was a musical guest uh, last year and uh, implying that maybe he learned some of that from Joe. So it's like a perfect Che setup and delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah, uh, and apparently, in a depressing note, that his sales have skyrocketed ever since this. So it's like... Oh, really? Yes. There's a segment of people that are like, we don't want Morgan to be canceled for being an idiot, so we'll just buy his records. Yeah, that happens. It happened with the beans, too. Yeah. America. Um, (laughs) Another line that I liked was, uh, I would like to, uh, when they were talking about uh, Jeff Bezos stepping down as CEO of Amazon, where it's like, I'd just like to spend some time with my family, said Amazon workers. Yeah, <laughs> that's what uh, all of them are thinking. There's a, I just thought of the, there was a line that they did about with Senator Green about how she said nobody's perfect and they compared it to, that's like uh, OJ saying, oh, did I do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That line was very good. God, she's an idiot. Uh, so then our first, um, our first correspondent thing was a, a new set of characters. It was uh, Mike and... Mikey and Heidi, uh, Heidi, great correspondent uh, person yeah. doing a thing about cancel cultures, uh, uh, cancel culture. And they were uh, social media people that specialize in taking it to kids. Yeah. I, I like this one a lot. I liked it a lot. I think cancel culture is kind of getting out of hand. And we keep going back into people's past. And now they're stopping this premise is like, they're stopping them before they have a past. Let's cancel them right at the get go. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think there is cancel culture and consequences and I am Mm -hmm. in favor of consequences. Consequences. Yeah. Um, For, for consequences for things that are damaging, not like uh, you wrote a bunch of dumb crap that you thought was funny 10 years ago. And now we're going to, do that yeah but there's a difference between cancel culture and like i believe that there is a celebrity sex cult that is eating babies right right exactly there's yeah you should yeah you should uh have some problems when you say a racial slur and someone catches on tape that's not cancel culture but uh you're trying to cancel james gunn for a tweet he made 10 years ago and say he shouldn't be making movies anymore right you know it's like okay Exactly. Uh, so I thought that, thank you for knowing exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Marvel lets him go so that he can make the Suicide Squad and it's going to be great. Um, yeah, it's going to be Yeah, so they, they kind of, basically they had some tweets uh, on the screen and they were talking about how they were sticking it to younger and younger children. The, the thing I wrote uh, was this had some uh, some great, Jebediah Atkinson energy, if you remember that character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Taron Killam character that was like the 1800s um, critic where he would just say a bunch of like bitchy things. 
uh, and yeah. with some really punchy delivery. And they were both doing that, which I really liked. The the performance of their tweet, like they're basically they're reading tweets with a cute picture of a kid, was great. <laughs> it was it was it was very funny. I want to see more of them. I don't know how you bring them back for more cancel stuff, or if they do a different topic, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think there's so much, there's so much in that well to, to go yeah. down uh, with cancel culture stuff, especially as it's going to continue to be brought up. Uh, but I really did like the, you know, something they talked about, they doxed a little girl, um, you know, as if like how much documentation does a, does a child have? Uh, and yeah. also talking about this baby that cried because her doctor was black, which was great. Yes. C-section stood for canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like that a lot. Um, and then they talked a little bit. Uh, I, I wrote down the punchline to a joke and now I can't remember the setup. Uh, but they talked, the, the, the punchline was when you drive out the sex stuff, the Elmo's move in. Oh, they're, they're moving the red light district. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a really nice line. Uh, yeah. And then, okay. So the second correspondent sketch was just a thing that already exists. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> like what's the point? Yeah. Uh are you talking about the, the YouTube guys? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about it. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Because <laughs> I, I had seen the thumbnail for the the two folks responding to the it's the twins new trend is the name of uh -huh. the, this this YouTube channel. Uh them respond uh, them reacting to in the air tonight. Yeah. And I just don't have a high threshold for like this person reacts to that thing content. So I haven't watched it, but I knew yeah. it like that it existed. Uh, and so they just like recreated that to things that were escalatingly um, absurd that they didn't know. Yeah. And, but, and it was all songs too. Yeah. So if I'm the twins, the new trend. Yeah. Maybe I'm honored for to to be parodied, but I'm probably also annoyed that they just like recreated my shtick. Well, I mean, also if you haven't heard of In the Air, you probably haven't heard of SNL, so you probably are gonna get a. I I think that this is is SNL trying to get their YouTube algorithm up. Right. I think they're gonna keep making parodies on YouTube videos instead of other things, because then you have YouTube reactions to that. Right. You and know. I, I think that, so I, I think that if you're going to do something that is internet culture related, do the cancel culture tweet thing that you just did. Right. So that is an original, uh, premise built right. around something that exists. Right. Yeah. And they've done it with Heidi Gardner's character of the YouTuber that talks about kind of media culture and stuff and is embarrassed by Michael Che. Che. Yeah. So like you can do that, but this was just like, we think that these two humans that have this successful YouTube channel is interesting. So we're just going to do their thing, but kind of make fun of kind of like, you know, have them not understand what like the alphabet song is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think if you wanted to expand the sketch, I mean, I guess do more things than just songs. I, you could do a, items or sports or you know something that like everybody knows except for these two guys apparently yeah but yeah they just kind of kept it in the song business yeah and... like i just think it's 
I don't want to say lazy, but it's just like, do that, but make it not those guys and make it not that thing. Right. Like yeah. if you want to do, um, uh, if you think that people reacting to things is weird or silly or absurd, then do a sketch or correspondent piece about that. Don't yeah. just do something that already exists. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're running into the, the problem that they did with the cold opens where it's just repeating exactly what, yeah, I, what happened. Yeah. And I thought, and I thought Keenan and Chris did a good job, but in, in their performance of these guys, but they could have like anonymized it, made a better parody kind of thing than just like these, here's this, this actual thing. Like they should have yeah. just like put their YouTube channel link at the bottom. If like, if you think this is funny, actually go see these people, give them some money. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Or maybe they could have done a reaction of them reacting to them, you know? Right, right. Well, I suspect that like the twins, the new trend folks are going to be like, oh, SNL? Yeah. Uh, their In the Air Tonight video has eight and a half million views. Wow. Wow. So good for them. So we uh, came back after uh, update and it was the Super Bowl bar, bar sketch that turns into this uh, musical number. Yeah. Which I thought was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It was very good. It, I think we had talked about this sketch in a previous episode. Uh, the one where Cicely, it's almost the same premise, where it was Cicely and uh, I think it was Steve Carell. And yeah. they're, it's at a Christmas party and they're singing a song and no one else knows it. And then eventually everyone knows the song. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much what this sketch was. But with Dan Levy. With Dan Levy and uh, more kind of production value of them kind of dancing around and stuff. And I really did like that it went from let's look at everybody react to these weirdos to everybody was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Also felt like they didn't have a lot of time to work on this. <laughs> I thought I, I was surprised that at, at what they did accomplish because a lot of times with the musical numbers so uh, like the most recent one with john mulaney uh uh his musical numbers they're sometimes very off yeah well you and know? There's so many moving parts of those things especially now they know like oh as we're w um mulaney's coming in we're doing a diner lobster style sketch let's build some sets and learn some lyrics but they, they knew that they know that on monday right this one uh, it was just so funny. Like when they were all supposed to be singing together, it was just like everybody like staring a hole into the cards or just yeah. like not even try. Just, just like felt like at times they were just like phonating. Just like I'm going to make some sounds and hopefully somebody else knows these lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. Like it was, uh, I liked the characterization of, um, of Cecily and Dan's characters. I liked that when it's revealed that they're wearing like hot pants, that there's like, oh, it's supposed to be sexy. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. so just kind of uh, them kind of normalizing that. And then the rest of the, the patrons, um, Kino, Ego, Ego, Alex, and Beck all joining in. I thought it was great. Yeah. I especially like the tab number behind the bar. Oh, Perfect. God. It was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a great, great, great bit. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, like no one's wearing tap shoes. It doesn't matter. We can't see their feet. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was great. Um, and I like that it ended with like, let's kind of like once more from the top. I thought that was nice too. Yeah. They're all yeah. into it. 
And, and the reveal that, oh, they're not watching the game because they unplugged the TV so they would sing the song. That, that was like an yeah. obvious ploy, which I thought was also very nice. The, the TV wasn't broken. No. <laughs> uh, so then uh, we got the wedding vow sketch. I like this one a lot. Yeah, uh, you did like this one. I did, yeah. Okay, I was kind of confused with this one. I was like, okay, I don't, what is this sketch? <laughs> I just like the idea of like, um, it's probably in performance more than anything else. So mm-hmm. uh, Alex is, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, Alex is marrying Ego. Mikey is the pastor. And uh, they kind of go to the, you know, if anybody has a problem with his union, just be now or forever, hold your peace. And yeah. they had um, D- Kate and Dan as these like uh, very emphatic guests that were just like, we're trying, it's like passive aggressive isn't even the right word where it's like they were, uh, we're trying, we're just like coming short of fully expressing how honestly they don't like him with like a lot of like hemming and hawing and making sounds and stuff. And it was just like so fun to watch that build more than anything else. Yeah. 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 I guess that I, I just, I, maybe the ending of it kind of weirded me out. Cause then they just like switched it off and liked him. Cause he was, cause he was talking back to them, which. Oh yeah. I guess <laughs> I was like, Oh, that was a fast switch. Yeah. I think that the, the, the idea is like those people were empowered to be crappy to him because he was kind of passive and whatever. And then when he stands up for himself, uh, Dan says something to the effect of like rail me daddy. Uh, yeah. and then <laughs> they're like super into it and like, no, he's yeah. fine now. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, a, it was an all right sketch, but not my favorite. <laughs> no, I I liked it uh, mostly because we you know didn't get a lot of Kate. We just had her in, as Fauci at the end of one sketch, and then she was in this one. Uh, this was, was a really good deployment of her and and Dan together. And Dan, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Kind of the the rest of the the logic of the sketch was kind of I didn't need or care for, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was more about the characters. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing that we got to see was uh, It Gets Better parody, which is like a real, real thing to kind of empower yeah. uh, LGBTQI plus youth to, you know, know that from adults that it's going to get better. Uh, and what's also really cool is seeing uh, how many characters uh, or how many actors on the show I identify as LGBTQ plus. Uh, having both having Bowen and Kate and Punky and Dan yeah which is cool and uh I thought it was great that it's like this part will get better but also being an adult sucks which yeah, I thought was really cool you still have all these problems <laughs> yeah and like you know yeah. some of them were related to you know uh that gay people are very organized when they are mean which I thought was like a cool way of phrasing it and then Kate is being terrorized by this iguana, and by the iguana so it's like, yeah and taxes suck and all that kind you of stuff. You can still so, get divorced. Like your relationships aren't going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a, a nice kind of code because it gets better. Like I, I think certainly kind of youth need support and know that things are going to improve. But it's also like a, a weird way of phrasing it because like, yeah, it could also get worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Now there's, you still have problems. They're just not uh, with your sexuality anymore like people accepting you yeah there's still a lot of other horrible stuff that's going on <laughs> exactly but yeah i thought it was I, I liked the way it was produced i liked uh again it was i guess this was more kate um 
but she, I, I thought this was uh, a very good, really good sketch to do. Again, having somebody that is uh, uh, clearly identified in the kind of LGBTQ uh, community and doing a sketch specifically uh, addressing that. That was very nice. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to uh, the Good Nights. They brought Eugene Levy up on stage. So he got to be there with uh, the rest of the cast and the band and stuff. Uh, this is also where I like to catalog who we did not see. No Pete. It didn't seem like Pete was in the building. No. Yeah, I don't think he was there. Chloe was not in any sketches. I don't know if she was there. And then Lauren was not in any sketches, to my knowledge. Right. Wait, was I know Melissa Villasenor. She was in the opening. She was in the, the monologue. Yeah. But that yeah. was it. Uh, so what was your uh, favorite sketch of the night? My favorite sketch, I think, has to be the Zillow one. I think the Zillow.com was, was hilarious. Yeah. I have to go with that one. I, I, I feel like they were talking to me. Uh, just so we're not saying the same thing, I really liked the Super Bowl one as well. The, yeah. The, the, not the cold open, but the Super Bowl party. Yeah. Uh, and then who's your favorite primetime player for tonight? This, uh, this one, uh, the, it's, the, this is a tough one, but I think I am going to go, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say Mikey Day. Okay. Yeah. He was all over the place. He was in just about every yeah. sketch. Yeah. And I liked seeing him and he was doing different things in every single one. So I'm going to go with Mikey Day on this one. I like that a lot. Uh, you know, I think uh, just because of his uh, presence in so many of the sketches, I'm, I think I'm going to say Beck. He did. He was yeah. uh, great in the uh, Super Bowl party sketch. He was in um, the cold open. He was in um, the uh, bar sketch with the musical number. So, yeah, I think uh beck, beck him him alex and mikey like are both all in the same part of my brain as like we need a normal white guy so yeah he's one of them but he is so good and specific in his characterization so i i think he you know we're gonna need some some anchors as people start leaving so i think he's a really strong member of the cast yeah i agree with that and then our uh stock up stuck down are you buying tickets for uh for phoebe bridgers were you uh intrigued i i i am intrigued i really liked i liked everything about her and her performance was good i liked her smashing the guitar so suck at twitter yeah um so yeah i, I will buy tickets what about you yeah i liked her a lot it, it was i was a little let down when i started listening to her music um afterwards right it wasn't as like engaged by it but i also don't think i was in like the right situation to appreciate it as well so i think i'm gonna give her a another shot while i'm working tomorrow yeah. And then uh, for you, uh, for Dan Levy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously I'm in and I haven't even seen most of Shit's Creek. So I'm, I am definitely going to be watching more of his stuff. Yeah. Oh, me as well. And, you know, he was in Happiest Season, that, um, that Christmas movie about the, the lesbian couple. Uh, and he oh, was yeah. great in that. And then he was in this M&M's commercial during that. the Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, so I think that he's just going to get just be in more and more places. Yeah. So it'll be uh, easier to catch him, which is great. I think he's 
um, immensely talented. And now that Schitt's Creek is over, which is a show that he created and wrote and performed in and whatever, I'm interested to see like the next thing that he makes. Yeah, what is he going to do? Yeah. Um, so I'm into him. And then next week we have Regina King, a performer yeah. and a nominated director for One Night in Miami. Yeah, um, which was great. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen it yet, no. It's very good, very good. Uh, I'm there even just for Leslie Odom Jr. Because uh, he kills great. it. He ah. kills it. And then our musical guest is uh, Nathaniel Ratliff. Do you know who this person is? Yes. The, okay. the Night Sweats, right? Sure. So, he has a song called, I think it's called SOB. That's like one of my jams. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is a SOB is a song with him and the Night Sweats. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. I think he's okay. going to kill it. All right. Oh, I am going to... Uh, do what I did l this last week and just wait until Saturday and be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do that one. Well, thank you, uh, Randall, for taking another week to talk about SNL with me. I think I am really enjoying the season as a whole. And I think that the second half uh, is going to be, I hope, it, very strong. We don't know anything beyond next week. So I think they'll kind of get in their normal habit of doing you know, three, four weeks and then taking uh, a week or two off, but we'll still be back in those weeks doing some more fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so if you would like to learn more about us, please follow Randall at Fresh Cut Randall on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. He's doing interesting stuff there. You can find me <laughs> at Mr. B Paradise on Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on TikTok, but I'm just watching stuff. I feel like uh, TikTok yeah, to me, I feel like a, a a king with a bunch of jesters that are just like walking, like just entertain me. Just yeah, perform up, for me. And then if I like you, I will click on you. But like, the, the, I don't feel like I have to make anything. There's already yeah. enough stuff on there. Maybe I'll see you build your cabin. Maybe I'll see you trade a, a bobby pin for a house. I'm super into that thing. Or you have yeah. a dog that knows how to talk. I'm into all of it. And I don't want yeah. to make some, I don't need to buy a ring light. I am fine just consuming. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you would like to support us, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to that helps other people find us. And if you would like to follow us on Twitter, we're at SNRewind. And if you can email us at SNRewindPod at gmail.com. Yeah. So thank you all so much. And we'll see you next time. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.